This is an AMI podcast. Hey guys, welcome along to another episode of Double Tap. It's the 1st of March 2023. It's Wednesday and today we're going through your feedback and geeking out on audio. You're listening to Double Tap, your daily accessible technology show. Now, here's your hosts, Stephen Scott and Sean Priest. I don't know why I said it like that. Audio. Audio. I liked it. Audio. Speaking of odd, Sean Priest. Hello. How are you? <laughs> pinch, punch, first of the month, Stephen Scott. Oh, stop all that rubbish. Anyway, how are you? Oh, I'd love to punch you. Um, yeah. I'm very well. You Thank you. Like how to, are you? You would like to punch me. <laughs> Come ahead with your uh, broken leg. Oh, all right. Calm I down. I can hobble faster than you, you know. <laughs> I'm not convinced by that, maybe. No, I think you'd probably catch up in fairness. <laughs> and then we'd end up having a drink and it'd be fine. Oh, we love each other. Uh, yeah, don't push it. Uh, <laughs> anyway, hello. Uh, coming up today, we're going to be geeking out with a fellow Scotsman Oof. by the name of... People love Scotland, you know. Everywhere I go. So I'm in Europe last week. And, oh, you know, mostly, mostly, I think people in Europe... Having a let's just say a viewpoint on British people. I'm going to just leave it there. Um, yeah. But when it came to Scottish people, yeah, they all love us. That's because you got a funny little accent. That's all. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't. It's patronising. We've got a funny little accent. Yeah. In Canada, when we were both in Canada, everyone, oh, where are you from? England. Oh, right. And where are you from? Scotland. Oh, I've always wanted to go to Scotland. <laughs> oh, it was so annoying. Do you know the thing? Everybody I meet is a quarter Scottish. Every single person I'm, I I, I bet you any money, you know all these balloons they're shooting down at the moment? I bet one of those will contain an alien and that alien will meet someone and say, do you know what? I'm quarter Scottish. Any money. (laughs) Everybody's Scottish. Uh, Anyway. You are alien. (laughs) Anyway. I certainly feel like I'm from a different planet most of the time. Uh, but listen, coming up today, we're going to be talking to Alan McDonald. He is, uh, he's been on the show before and he talked to us about audio and I thought it would be interesting to get him back and you know put you two in a room together and fight out to the death on yes. the subject of which is best, HomePod or Sonos. We'll find out. In the big fight, coming soon. <laughs> Not quite, you know, uh, insert boxer name here um, versus uh, yeah. other boxer insert name here. Well done. I don't know anything about boxers. Yes, we're, we're, we're not real men. I have no idea about any sports whatsoever. Oh, Tommy uh, Fury versus uh, Jake Paul or whatever it is. Yes, exactly right. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's 50 topical. pence. Uh, 50 <laughs> pence versus uh, dollar. Yeah, I yeah, think we whatever. should. Yeah, we'll, we'll come down uh, to dead right. end. Oh, dear. <laughs> okay. Uh, right, listen, I want to mention this because I saw this, and this is specifically, specifically, I can never say that word, specifically yeah. for our UK audience. But I mentioned this because for listeners in the UK, this is quite good news. So the RNIB have partnered up. The Royal National Institute of Blind People has teamed up with um, an organisation called uh, the National Data Bank to give away an initial 600 at six-month data packages to help blind and partially sighted people uh, to stay connected during the cost-of-living crisis. So here's the detail. Although the offer is not limited to those on means-tested benefits, it is intended to support those who are experiencing data poverty. So that's individuals, households or communities who cannot afford sufficient private and secure mobile uh, broadband data to meet their essential needs. Now, to receive a mobile data package from the RNIB, uh, or for the person you're applying for, you must be blind or partially sighted, a UK resident over 18 years old, have a smartphone or SIM-enabled tablet, which Tick. is either unlocked or compatible with the uh, main networks, O2, Vodafone or 3 in the UK. Oh. That's essential to be able to activate the data. Intend to use the data for your own personal use and claim only one data package per customer. Now, the data packages are offered on a first-come, first-served basis with 600 available initially. So get in touch with RNIB, uh, I'll give you their helpline number in the UK, which is 0303-123-9999, or you can email them, tfl at rnib.org.uk, and uh, find out more. I think that's really interesting. That's kind of great news. It is fantastic. And look, this is exactly what these type of organisations do, right? So I, I didn't contact any sight loss organisation for the longest time. I don't know why. It was just you know, a usual thing. Yeah. But 
once I did, the amount of services and offers they have on offer is quite frankly amazing. It's definitely worth just checking in. So, you know, whether it be the CNIB or the RNIB, check in and just see what they've got on offer because you'll be surprised. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I want to get to our inbox because it is, as always, flooding over with emails and messages. So I... uh, We love you listeners. I I know, it's just amazing. So I want to start off with an email from Narina, long-time listener to this show and indeed uh, many of the shows that I've been doing over the years. And uh, let's uh, let's hear this. This is uh, Laura reading out Norina's email. Dear Stephen and Sean, I sent an email to Humanware today asking about BBC Sounds, as I believe the BBC are stopping certain programmes from being heard. One of these is listening to Radio 4 as I listen to The Archers via the Victor Reader stream via the internet on it. Just lately, I have heard a message coming through from the BBC saying that I would no longer be able to listen to my programme from mid-2023 and to contact my supplier. This I did and got a reply, which was very short, saying that I would not be able to listen to the BBC on the second generation and I had to buy the third generation. I thought this was a bit curt, but I was under the impression after listening to your interview and the one that Jonathan did from New Zealand with a member of staff from Humanware that they were having discussions with the BBC and was given the impression that something would be sorted out. Therefore, does this mean that the second generation will not be able to now listen to any BBC Or does it mean the end of listening to any radio stations via the stream? If so, I am not very happy, and it is making people buy the new third generation whether they want to or not. Do you know any different, or has the person who responded to my email got it wrong? Pleased to hear Sean is recovering well, and it sounds as though you had a good trip to Vienna, which I have found interesting. Best wishes, Norina. Well... That's an interesting one because I'm. I have to say, this is a case across devices. So I'm meeting something at the same time. I um, noticed. I, I was going to jump in and save you, but I thought it was quite funny how you decided to eat during that. Uh, I, was, I was having a little biscuit here, and I thought I'll just have this in between the yes. email. So hello, Narina. The, that was great. The um, uh, the BBC I email was shorter than I thought it was. <laughs> so they've taken their stations away from tuning. And they have them, as you said rightly, on BBC Sound Service now instead. Um, now, the BBC Sound Service is still available on you know, some smart speakers, such as the Echo, for example. You can add it. It isn't available currently, at least, on the HomePods here in the UK. I can't play any BBC radio stations um, because BBC Sounds isn't supported. Now, whether... I, I don't know. I haven't heard anything. I have no knowledge on this, OK? But I would assume that Humanware would be able to push out a software update that would add the ability to add BBC Sounds to any playlist or whatever. You do need to sign into BBC Sounds now. You need you need a BBC account in order to listen to it. And maybe that's bringing up issues. But I see no reason why a software patch couldn't add BBC Sounds to any hardware. Now, as I said, I've no knowledge and I could be wrong and I'm quite willing, you know, humanware to say, Sean, shut up, you don't know what you're talking about. But uh, I don't John, see John, why... you don't know what you're talking about. I, 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 quite possibly true, but I, I see no reason why it wouldn't be just a software update. Yeah. So I would try getting in touch with humanware again just to confirm that because that does seem very strange to me. I do remember from that interview when we spoke to Mattia Paquette from humanware on this, and I will go back to him with this question. And Narina, I will go back and ask this question and try and get you a fuller answer on this. But my understanding was that the new generation would open up more capability. And it's almost as if the app has to be built for the device, which is something I don't think they can do with the second generation, which is where essentially once the new third generation is rolled out and, and is it made available, that's it. The second generation is is essentially dead. They'll update it. They'll keep it you know, working. But really, all the production moves on to the new device. You know, it's difficult because companies like Humanware, and I'm not here to defend them, but I have to think we have to be realistic to some degree with this. These companies cannot keep products developing, you know, past generations going for years and years and years if you want them to innovate. They're small companies and they have to put the research money somewhere. And you would probably rather that they use new hardware and develop new solutions than try and keep something old going. But it obviously does come at a cost, and that cost is to all of us. So, you know, I've got my second-gen Victor Reader I'm quite happy with, but I know if I want new features, I'm going to have to buy the third-gen. And, yeah, that's a, that's a challenge. You yeah, know, that's but a come challenge. on. I mean, adding a new, not an, even a new, adding a service to your list of uh, streaming services, does that really require 
a whole new coding. Well, it segment. doesn't. It does if BBC are taking. Th- this seems to be a BBC thing, though, because they seem oh, to be making great. all of their yeah. content behind this app. Yeah. So, I mean, in some ways, they should be making it more available. And the BBC is one organisation which does open up more. In some ways, ironically, even though it's closing down everything, um, <laughs> yes. it, it is making, I guess, the APIs more available to companies like Humanware, I would imagine, so they can develop the application, the route, essentially, for the content to get you know, into those devices. It depends what it is, right? We don't know. We're not technical enough to know. If it's a case of just adding a RSS URL or something to get to that streaming service, and that takes you to... No, but it's not, it's not going to be that anymore, is it? Because that's the whole point. You can't do that anymore. I think as of I, I, mid, yeah. midpoint this year, that's all going to stop. It's all going to have to be through the app. Well, yeah, it's not through the app. It's through the BBC Sounds own service. Yeah, I mean, it, can, yeah. it can still have a URL just take you to the link. It will just take you to the BBC Sounds rather than TuneIn or whatever other service. So, yeah, I, I don't know. But maybe it is the fact that you do need an account and you, you need to you know, log in and check that. Maybe that does add an extra level. So, as I said, I don't know. But well, I'm I would put the question back to Humanware on this and ask them the question. And, yes. and hopefully we'll get an answer to you on this. Of course, in the house... And I don't know if you do this, Narina, but in the house you can use your smart speaker for this. So assuming you have one, you could ask your smart speaker to play you know, content from BBC Sounds. It would open up. And I believe BBC Sounds, it's not just a UK thing anymore. I think it pops up in America and Canada and other countries now. I, oh, really? I don't know, if it's, I don't know okay. if it's free in other countries or whether they pay for it like you do with other content. Because I think BBC iPlayer for a while was, was intended to become... I think they call it BBC Select abroad, actually. It's not called iPlayer. Um, I don't know. I mean, certainly the content is more universal than it used to be. Yes. But, um, yeah, the challenge is getting access to it, as as you say, Narina. Interesting point. Uh, And as I say, I'll put it to Matthew Paquette at HumanWare and uh, hopefully get an answer to that for you in the next few days. Let's go to regular voice on the show, Darren. He has got in touch and left us a voicemail. No, this is... Darren from Bexley in Kent, uh, just responding to your podcast about the HomePods. I don't have HomePods myself, but I used to have, you were mentioning Tannoy speakers, and I used to have a set of those with a full system of separates and a graphic equaliser, and the sound was so clear. Um, This is sort of late 80s to the mid-90s. And then ever since then, I've not been able to find anything that matches that sound. It was so clear and bright. I've noticed a lot of equipment now. It seems to be more bass heavy. Um, the clarity's gone. Um, it's there, but it's not as um, profound. I, I equate a lot of some of the, lot of the stuff now, especially some headphones. It's like sort of music centery, tape decky sort of in a party sort of thing where it's sort of background bass almost and uh, yeah so I think a lot of equipment sounds a bit not so clear now maybe I'm just imagining it but but I think the reason Sean that you found the HomePod sound better after using them it's probably because you're wet, you've worn them in a bit I think when, when, when you use speakers or headphones sometimes they do improve after a few hours because it it, after they settle down and it's just like a pair of shoes I suppose they wear in and Stephen when you go to Vienna if CareTech happened to be there the Austrian manufacturer it would be good to hear what they're doing any new products that are coming in they probably won't be there but if they are CareTech they make equipment for the blind I suppose competitors to Cobalt Systems so that that would be uh, good and uh, you might even see blind shell there. You never know. Um, <laughs> this all for this time. I'll speak soon. Bye. Yeah, Caretech weren't there, to my knowledge, and certainly blind shell was not there. But then it was a conference where a lot of the big companies that were there were were generally invited. So you know, because it was an awardee thing. So uh, yeah, they, those companies weren't there necessarily. Maybe next year, but there are of course other events happening. One event coming up in Frankfurt, I think in May, is Sight City. Do you want to go to Frankfurt, Sean? Yes, I do. We're not going, of course. You know that, right? 
There's no um, money in, well, and I'm not taking. I'm not. I'm not pushing uh, a wheelchair. I, I, I can't do that. I'll be fine by May. I'll be uh, sprinting like a gazelle. It'll be fine. Let's go to Frankfurt. Listen, you nearly broke your leg again yesterday. We're not doing this again. All right, I'm not doing this. I can't deal Fair with enough. it. Uh, okay. <laughs> as you told. Um, okay, so uh, uh, separates. Let me just say separates yeah. because absolutely, I think they're always going to be. Well, better. we're going to get into that, aren't we? Because we're going to be talking yes. with Alan McDonald all around this topic. That that's actually set us up rather nicely it for has. that conversation with Alan coming up today. Um, let's go to Felix, who's been in touch. Hi, Devil Tapas. This is Felix, and um, I just want to comment on uh, the. Um, on the conversation you guys had, guys had yesterday, um, at the beginning of the podcast where you were, um, where Sean was talking about uh, trying to get stuff sorted with Logitech and um, and Adobe. Um, so I want to add, I want to add a few people to that list. Um, <laughs> Grammarly would be one of those, not accessible. And even voiceover on your phone, when you download the app, it, it, free, it when you have the Grammarly keyboard and try to use dictation and stuff or other stuff, it just freezes your keyboard. You can't even type on the normal stuff. Um, uh, I, ha- I did contact them when I f- f- first tried to use the, their, their software on the, on the computer. And again, I was having issues where the computer would freeze. This is on Windows 10 with using JAWS. And, it, and I even tried up NVJ, no luck. I emailed them. And they just said, um, "Oh, it's, uh, it's it's something we're not really looking at sorting out at the moment, or they'll, um, they're not they're not too sure what's going to happen regarding that." So that was all I got. Um, so not quite happy about that. And who else? And uh, why is it important? Because you know, if some of us some of us have um, issues with um, writing things and whatever else, so if that was a tool that is available to the public, why not us? Why not us? So yes, please. Get that sorted. Another tool that's really, really handy, again, massively um, uh, good piece of software, is the um, Descript. The ability to not only make yourself sound in studio quality, no, no matter where you are recording, it has AI technology in it, and it also allows you to um, remove, uh, it transcribes your podcast in audio, and then if you have like ums and ers in there, and they happen to be words, you can manually go in there and remove the text. Not accessible. Emailed them two, two days ago, no response. All I got was, oh, sorry, we're out of office. Not not um, acceptable. So, yes, let's add that one to the list, guys. Please add that one to the list. Anyway, uh, enough of my rant. This has been Felix, um, and I'll talk to you all soon. Right. What have you started, Priest? I have started... I've started a list. That's what I started a mutiny. That's what's going on here. (laughs) Absolutely right. Hey, how can it not be so inaccessible at this point, right? I still get surprised by this, but it's not unusual. But absolutely, hey, let's. If you've got something to say, email them, tweet it out. Just let it be known, and uh, I will tweet it out as well, and we'll see what happens. Yeah, you're just going to keep on to them, and I think also, you know, I I hate to say publicly shame, but. Publicly shame, right? Yes. Just send out tweets saying, "Hey, look, the guys." This and actually go further than that. I think this, the, to be fair to the, some of these companies, they just because you know, I, I must, I hate this when I see this online. Your website's not accessible. You're a disgrace to humanity, or whatever it is. And then you think, hang on, do you, have you explained what that means? Because look, mm. I have had yeah. friends who are blind who said have said to me in the past. This website isn't accessible. And then I go on to it and I think, actually, it is accessible. So sometimes there's a little bit of confusion between you know, what's accessible and how you use your tech to make it accessible. So that's yeah. one thing. So sometimes you've got to maybe check it amongst your friends because I've had a few, I've seen a few occasions where friends of mine have embarrassed themselves by doing that. It's not accessible, can't do it. And then, sorry, oh, actually, it is. Yeah, thanks, Sean. <laughs> um, but, you know, then you have. The other side of it, where it isn't accessible and where it isn't accessible, you know, just do a screen record. You know, if it's on the phone and it's an app, just screen record it and stick that up online. Show what is wrong with it. Because if you can show it, then there's more of a chance there'll be an understanding of what's going on. And then there's more chance it will get fixed. Just saying something's inaccessible is not going to fix it. You know, you've got to be a bit more detailed than that. Um, but I agree that the problem with things like the script is it often is the way that these websites are built. 
in some ways, we're going backwards with the way websites are being built. You know, there was a time when they were starting to become more accessible. But I think it's all this dynamic content and how that's delivered. Yeah, but there's so that's many more tools to make that stuff accessible now, to make you know, these web-based apps accessible. Honestly, well, that's right. Yeah, there's tools I don't think to there do is it. an excuse. I think it's all about look, you, you, you start the conversation with respect and you see what you get back. If you get nothing back or you feel like they're not listening, then you start to shout. The biggest problem is often when they've built the website and then they have to try and retrofit accessibility into yeah, it. That's absolutely. the worst yeah. thing because then you have to rebuild the whole thing or not rebuild it, but you have to retrofit, which is worse. If you had thought about accessibility in the first instance... Then, you know, and all we're asking people to do really when you're building a website, just consult with an organization. You know, look at, you only have to Google it these days. It's not hard. Just Google it. Look for, you know, accessibility organizations. There's tons of people who will, you know, be willing to either, you know, be, be paid for their services as they should to advise you. And there's companies who will guide you on this stuff. And then you get more customers. I mean, I'm with you on this Descript thing, Felix, because Descript is a great app, but I can't use it. It's just not accessible. You know, the yeah. website's not accessible for me, so that's a problem. Um, okay, let's get another message in. Uh, this is, who actually, let's, I don't know who this is from. Let's go to this one. It's a voicemail. G'day, folks. This is Cece on the line from Montreal. Oh, Cece. And once again, there are fabulous friends at Freestyle Libre <sighs> Abbott Laboratories. <laughs> have uh, crapped out their app. Oh, brilliant. Apparently, now they're claiming that their app is only good if you're running iOS 16.2.1. <laughs> and if you're running iOS 16.3, it's no longer supported. Oh, brilliant. Well, isn't that just wonderful? <sighs> That's did- ridiculous. I'm sorry. That is absolutely ridiculous. Why? And this is just constant, isn't it? It's just constantly. It's like CC is now our official Freestyle Libra reporter. And yeah, this app yeah, just th- seems to th- fall apart every a, week near enough. This isn't a photo booth app. This isn't let's take funny filter photo faces or whatever. This is a serious app. How can they do that? That sounds absolutely crazy to me. I know. I know. Oh, I'll add it to the list. Yeah. <laughs> Can you get that sorted along with Adobe, Descript, and everything else that we've asked yes, for? no problem. Okay, we're building a Can list. Do. Maybe that. Maybe that's what we should do. Maybe we should have a hit list. You know, a lot of companies have, and a lot of podcasts and shows will talk about, you know, the best apps. Let's talk about the worst. Yeah. Let's do the absolutely. worst. Absolutely. Why Let's not? Let's create a list. Send it in to us. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. Uh, you can also call and leave us a voicemail, one 4567 We do love getting your voice messages and your emails as well. You can also record a message and attach it to an email. Send it into feedback at doubletaponair.com or across social media at doubletaponair. Also, you check us all out on YouTube because our TV show is up there as well. You can go check out episodes of Double Tap TV, which air every single week on AMI-TV at, uh, on a Tuesday night. Uh, but you can check out the full episodes on the AMI app and also on YouTube <laughs> so many things to remember. Well so YouTube, uh, just search for Double Tap on here. I think I got all that right. And Sean of the Shed, someone will tell you. Oh, who cares S- about that? Is that still going? N of the Shed. Well, this month may be tricky, but yes, it's still going. Check out Sean of the Shed. It's great on YouTube. Stick around. Alan McDonald joins us next as we geek out on all things audio. Follow Double Tap on social media at Double Tap on Air and subscribe to the podcast wherever you get your podcasts and email us feedback at doubletaponair.com. We'll be right back. This is Double Tap. Now, back to the show. And today we're going to talk all things audio with our guest today. Uh, Sean, you know, I like talking about audio. We don't do this enough. Or some people may say we do it too often. I mean, audio. It's a bit of a... Would you say it's niche, Stephen Scott? No, audio is niche. Well, it depends. Hearing is niche. Oh, here he goes. Here he goes. Yeah, take it too far. What I'm saying is, how uber geeky are we going to get? Well, I, I kind of want to get a bit uber geeky, if I'm honest. There you go. There you go. Okay. But I, but I tell you, I want to get into something else first. Let's introduce our guest, Alan McDonald from Oban in Scotland, a beautiful part of Scotland, back with us here on Double Tab. Good to have you back, Alan. Morning, guys. Nice to be back. Nice to hear you back as well, Sean. It's been a long time. Oh, thank you. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's Hope great. It's better. I'm so glad he's back. It's great. See? See? Hear his voice there? Do you hear the... Um... So great. I'm so yeah. excited. I just Forget can't it. hide it. 
It sounds like my wife. So I want to talk all things audio today because I don't think we've geeked out enough on some of the, the kind of other stuff in audio. I mean, we talk a lot about HomePods and we've talked about, you know, Sonos and you two have talked about them separately. I thought we'd bring the, you together because now Sean's got the HomePod second gen. Yes. I thought I'm going to put you two in a room and lock you in it until we decide which is best. So we've kind of virtually done that. So you two are now going to fight it out. Uh, you're going to have five minutes to fight it out between you. Right. Can I just say, <laughs> me, me and Alan haven't got any issues here. This seems to be That's some not sort how this of works, fantasy Sean. you've got about you know, some sort of gladiator thing going yes. on. Absolutely <laughs> fine. Stephen's just sitting back and rolling a wee grenade in between the two of us and, and getting his popcorn out here, I think. I'll be so. honest, I just want another coffee. So, you know, if you guys just want to go for it, that'd be great. Um, but no, listen, I was thinking it'd be good to just chat through HomePod versus Sonos because I think, Alan, you'd, I don't know if you agree or not with this, but I think that this is a good conversation around these two because I think they do, you know, together, these are good devices. They hold up well, you know, separately. And I would certainly say if you were to compare the two, that's a fair comparison, right? HomePod, Sonos, that's that's the level we're at in terms of the highest quality smart speaker. Yeah, absolutely. I've got a single HomePod, the first generation, and I got that maybe about a year or so after it came out. Sound quality, absolutely fantastic. Built the opposite way around from a normal speaker, from what I remember, the, the tweeters on the bottom, woofers yes. at the top. <laughs> and I, the one thing I do remember you guys talking about, though, is you two had a, a different experience. Sean, you said you thought the bass was perfect. Stephen, you said you thought the bass was a bit too much. That's the problem I had as well. I had to buy one of these rubber rings that goes round the bottom of it to so you didn't get the, the donut of puffed sound that embedded into your table underneath it. That's also the same thing that Sean had to buy to sit on the commode. <laughs> same size as well. Yes, exactly. That's right. I miss Vienna. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> no, it is an interesting point. Now, yeah. I've come back to the HomePods. As I said, when I first set them up and listened to them, I was a little bit underwhelmed. I, In fact, it, it grated on me a little bit. I thought it was too trebly. I thought the bass was missing. Now, what am I in now? Two, three weeks on, I absolutely love them. I think the sound is so nice. I don't know if that's just uh, my ears becoming accustomed to them or it's a case of them self-tuning, you know, because they do say they self-tune to your room. I don't know how true that is um or maybe it is down to placement i have moved them around a little bit but um yeah i think the, the base is fine actually now now how do you find it when you're watching actual telly you said it was great for a film because you've got the stereo pair set up haven't you that's right yes set up with my apple tv so netflix any streaming service yep. uh, the audio comes through the home pods yeah but does it make a difference for spog standard coordination street well, that's something I haven't managed to set up yet. I haven't set up right. the eARC. Um, right. I, I, I'm not even sure my telly has eARC, and it's something I need to look into. Yep. Um, but you know what? I was watching the Rocky Horror Picture Show last night. I was going through wow. just just to listen to how it sounded on the HomePods, and again, it sounded amazing. And th yeah. there is, th I, I I do love the audio from them. I, I do. I think they are my go-to speakers now. But let, let, I want to go back to this comparison to the Sonos, though. Do you honestly think that's a fair um, platform, a fair playing field, though? Because there are at, at different levels of Sonos, right? You've got the five and the, whatever the other ones are. You've got the, the more affordable ones and plus the bigger ones as well. So it depends what we're comparing like with like, doesn't it? I think so, but it also depends on your setup. Like, I've only got a single HomePod, you've got the double, so obviously you're going to get the, the stereo yeah. sound, etc., etc. Now, when I first bought my Sonos system, I bought the Arc first, and the sound is incredible, and I thought, wow, but I wanted the rear speakers, and you can obviously buy it separately. So then when I bought two ones, or sorry, two One SLs as the rear speakers, I thought, this is the business, but... I actually thought, do I want the bass? I was a wee bit grumpy because the bass bin is a little bit more expensive. And then I th eventually I thought, well, I can try it because with Sonos you get that 30-day money-back guarantee thing. So I got the bass and as soon as I got it, there was not a chance it was going back because the full sound system is unbelievable. And that's why I was asking you what it sounds like via Netflix, etc. because that is the cream. I mean, like we were saying, I've got normal free view going through the Sonos. So just on standard... Um, 
terrestrial channels. Mm. And it does make a difference, but if you're watching Coronation Street, you don't need a sledgehammer to crack a nut, as they say. That's the difference. Mm. <laughs> yes. And also, that is the difference that you can add. You can build on the Sonos system, right? You could add a sp- two speakers and then add the bass bin. Whereas with the HomePods, that's it. You've got the stereo pair. You can't add... Uh, add two HomePod minis, you know, at the front for for vocals or anything like that. It's just the stereo pair that you can use. You're, you're sort of limited. Yeah, and the other thing as well, I've got, uh, actually got a Sonos One in the bedroom. So sometimes if you're watching the telly in the living room, you can put them all into a group and link them in together with the uh, Hey Sonos command, which you can have as well as the Lady A, by the way. What's the goal about that? Other. Yeah, you've got the Hey yeah, Sonos yeah. thing, yeah. Yeah, you get the two together, which is... Uh, I didn't realise you could put the two together until not that long ago. Silly me. But, uh, and that works really well as well. And the telly will go through or radio or anything music you're listening to on Lady A. Now, just last week, however, I got a Sonus Roam for my birthday. And it's wow. a great week. It's, oh, the sound quality of that for the size of it is absolutely incredible. And having Lady A just to walk around or even the back garden for the summer will be fantastic. The only downside is, and this is something that Sonos Support did say, they don't uh, support the TV. The fact that it works in the Sonos One in the bedroom is great, but you can't put the the TV sound onto the group if you are uh, <laughs> as I was planning on doing, going for a bath and listening to the telly. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. didn't didn't quite work that way. But um, sound quality wise, top notch. Do you think we're getting a little bit carried away with this, though? I mean, how, the, your system there, it, yep. it's expensive, right? Yep. It's, it's, it's a lot of money to lay out. If you think of the, I'm going to say, old-fashioned way of setting up a surround sound system as we used to, still it was quite expensive. But weren't the returns better back in the day when we're setting up you know, satellite speakers and we're not relying on this smart wireless technology to set these things up because I'm these home prods here uh, we're talking you know $400 for a stereo pair now you could get a, a very nice pair of bookshelf speakers for that admittedly without the smarts and without being wireless you're going to have to lay speaker wire everywhere but I, I, I kind of think we're so obsessed with the smart side and the wireless and how cool it all is over actually the convenience and, and the audio quality. What I'm are you not talking sure. about? I'll tell you what I'm talking about. Is a, a standard one Bluetooth speaker, in my opinion, most of the time sounds terrible compared <sighs> to a, a, a pair of bookshelf speakers that you could get for the same price as one Bluetooth speaker, which sound infinitely better. Alan, hold my coffee. I, I'm going to fight. You can you can <laughs> you can patch in a Echo Dot for the smart side into those bookshelf speakers as well, and get infinitely better sound than just a standard Bluetooth speaker. Do you know yeah. what? The, here's the thing, though. Right? Look, here's what's happening here. These days, oh, yeah. it is more it's more to do with the smarts itself. We're wanting the ability to you know ask the air to play our favorite Elvis Presley song or whatever it is, and that's the bit that appeals to a lot of people. And obviously, you want great sound as well. You're not going to get that without a very complicated hi-fi setup. Like you see, wires running everywhere. You can still buy all that stuff today. I mean, don't get me wrong, it's a lot harder to get hold of. You can still do it. But it does seem to me that the, the options these days are Bluetooth. And I, I kind of know where you're going with this. You're saying, look, the, the wired setup sounds better. And you have a real thing about Bluetooth. And I get that. But I don't know. I think these days, I, I, I don't know, Alan, you tell me. I, I, think, I think the sound is getting to be just as good, if not better, than what was available before. I think so as well. The, the Bluetooth thing, yeah, okay, you're losing a wee bit of sound quality through that, but the, the Sonos system, as I went back to again, you're going through the, the Wi-Fi. It's not Bluetooth. Yeah. So you're, you're not losing as much. When Can you I just say, I did well. mention Bluetooth. That was Stephen throwing that in there. <laughs> I, I'm not I'm not mentioning the deterioration between the, the, the Bluetooth audio, because you're right, most of these high-quality ones will use Wi-Fi to transmit, so it doesn't matter. Me, I me, think me, the, me, me, me. Look, I think we've lowered the bar when it comes to audio quality because of the convenience of a Bluetooth speaker. See, he said I, Bluetooth. You see? You did say Bluetooth. I, I, yep. Okay, I'm calling it a Bluetooth speaker. All right, yes. I, I, all right, take it back. Carry on, Alan. Me, 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 me. <laughs> I love these grown-up conversations we have here on Double Tap, is it? What I'm saying is, (laughs) from a price point point of view, um, these bookshelf speakers are not hard to set up. It's not, you know, a speaker wire and and throwing in a a dot or whatever smart speaker mini you want to throw in there to add the smarts to your setup is fairly easy. And for a Less for less of a price than for a stereo pair of whatever smart speaker, you're going to get better 
audio, or at least equivalent audio. Well, I think that goes back to what I said earlier about uh, are you using a sledgehammer to crack a nut? Because it depends what your or whose ears are listening as well. For example, when I bought this Sonos system, it was during the original lockdown, and I knew I was going nowhere. I was going to be watching films for a while. I was shielding as well. So uh, I th- and years ago, I thought I'm, I need to go and get a good sound system. So I went and did it. Whereas likes of my dad, he has got an iPod with one of the the, the smallest Bose Bluetooth speakers. I can't remember exactly what it's called. And he's absolutely delighted with that. He thinks this is the best thing on the planet. So it depends who's listening, how much you want to spend and what you're looking for. And like I say, if you're just going to watch Coronation Street, then chances are you're not going to need a full on system like I've mentioned that I've got. So interesting, on that point about um, bookshelf speakers, I have a pair of Audio Engine A2 Plus speakers. They're really nice. They're very small, which is why I like them. They're really small. They sit underneath the monitor, and they're really they're used as monitor speakers. They're hooked up to my Rodecaster Pro so I can hear my edits. Oh. But they also have Bluetooth built in. They also have USB capabilities, so they, you can actually plug something directly in via USB. Uh, you've got aux. Um so, I mean, these can do pretty much – you could just have these sitting on a shelf. But the question is, Sean, you know, then you lose all the smarts. I mean, yeah, I suppose you could connect an Echo to it, but then that's over Bluetooth, so that will be less quality oh, no, you audio. You can aux in. You can pass it yeah, in Yeah, I suppose aux. you could aux into it, yeah. But I don't know. I mean, again, it depends on what you're looking for, doesn't it? And you're absolutely right. It depends on cost. And, you know, I'm not suggesting that the only options out there – are Sonos or HomePods, but I think yes, that are. is no. I'm saying that's the high end quality. <laughs> that is the high end. No, no, no. If you the, the actual thing you want to buy is a HomePod Mini, uh, but you know oh. that's aside the point. But no, you're right. I know, and I know this bothers you. This bothers you, doesn't it? That it doesn't have that aux in on the HomePod. Yeah, it's definitely a limitation, and I, I think it's a limitation that, that has no reason to be there. There's you know, a total lack of Bluetooth in or out. Um, no way to patching. Hard wire into it through AUX 3.5 or whatever. Um, it's yeah, it's just purely you can AirPlay into it, which is great from your you know your Mac or your iPhone. Or it's iPad an Apple or thing. I mean, look, if you're an Android person, you're not yes. going to buy a HomePod, are you? I mean, unless you really, I mean. I don't know. You well, might no, right. And look, I'm, I'm not bashing Apple for this. This is Apple's thing. This is what they do. They lock you in and, in, in most cases, lock other systems out. Well, you, know, you can only play Apple Music, stream Apple Music through the yeah. HomePods. You can AirPlay or cast to them from your iDevice, which is fine. But purely on device, you can only use Apple Music. So these are limitations that we all come to expect from Apple. But honestly, I think it's a, it is a shame because speaker-wise, as Alan has said, you know, with the tweeters at the bottom, the, the, the subwoofer at the top, they sound so nice. And I would love to use them with other devices, but you simply can't. Apple lock you out. And Do you know the bit that gets um, me? It's the audio quality, Alan. That's what surprises me about this. I mean, the Sonos, I, I will not lie, the Sonos 5, the Play 5, isn't it? That was a, an incredible machine. I mean, it just yeah. the sound of this thing blew me away. And when you stereo paired them, Wow. I mean, it was incredible. And I felt the same way with the HomePods, and it's the only time I really had that wow experience. And I've got two first-gen HomePods sitting on my desk. They've been sitting in my cupboard for I don't know how long. Because if I'm honest, I thought, oh, they'll never get any more updates. That's The, the whole project is dead. And then it came back, and I thought, well, I'm not buying any more. I'll bring these back out. And by the sounds of it, from what Sean said, and from what I've read from other reviewers, you know, with the bass not being quite there... Um, and obviously, they've reduced the number of you know bits in it to make it go boom. Um, <laughs> Two that, less tweeters. That's the technical term. Two yes. less microphones than um, on the original first gen. So. Yeah. So you know that's obviously having an impact on, on that. But you know, I'm so glad I've got mine because the sound is incredible, and I'm amazed how good these things sound. You know, considering where they've come from, right? I mean, you expect like a big. I don't know. I, I, you know, think of the the best audio. I, I know Kef is a company a lot of people tend to go to. Because yeah. they've got excellent speakers, very expensive speakers, but they are incredibly good speakers. And, you know, I know people who spend thousands. I think you did as well at one point, Sean, didn't you? You spent thousands on Kef speakers. Yes, before kids, yes. I had Kef before floor kids. standards in the living room. And they, the kids destroyed them when they came along, pushing <laughs> into the domes. Wow. And, yes. Children but, um, are terrible. They're feral, aren't they? Oh, I know. No, never should have happened. Uh, oh, God, that was terrible. Uh, uh, hang on. Are you, are you, are you saying on, on air today that you <laughs> wish you'd you never kids. had children? Hey. 
because they destroyed your Those were expensive speakers. speakers they destroyed. <laughs> um, pushing pencils in them. Um, but they, no, absolutely. Kef are amazing. But as you said, the ones you've got there, the audio engines, right? They are, apparently, I've, I haven't listened to those. Those are very nice as well. Those high-end um, speaker brands are still out there. Um, but I, it does seem to me that th- these smart speaker or wi- Wi-Fi speakers have become more prominent for some reason, uh, such as Sonos and HomePod. Have we just become a little bit more lazy with the Hey Lady S and Hey mm-hmm. Lady A, etc.? Is it as simple as that? I don't think it's yes. lazy, though. I think it's no, just it more choice. Could, no, it's Convenience. not. No, I, I honestly, I don't think so. I think that at the end of the day, we just we want to make things easier to use for ourselves. Uh, you know, it's like having a remote control physically attached to your television via a cord, or you know, having it all wireless and and just being able to do something you know easier rather than having to get up and change the channel. You you just use the remote in your hand. That is kind of what we're doing with our voice these days with smart speakers. But look, I want to move on because I want to talk about. Well, I've got you, Alan. I want to talk about sound cards. Now, have either of you, I'm sure you have, Sean, but Alan, have you ever gone down the route of buying a sound card for your computer? I mean, I'm thinking back in the day when we used to, not so much build computers, but, you know, you'd upgrade your computer, that kind of thing. Not really, to be brutally honest. I lost my sight in 2009 and went back to uni to do the sound engineering course 2011. And so I've never really built a computer or, more to the point, upgraded it. So I'm interested to hear what you guys have got to got to say in this. Yeah, what about you, Sean? You've done this, I'm sure, more than once. Oh, back in the day. I'm an old, old man. Yeah, the ad lib <laughs> drivers or the uh, creative lab sound blasters, um, setting the IRQs for them. It used to be part of the, the, the whole setup back in the day. But, of course, that all changed when the sound chipset moved onto the motherboard. Everything just came with the motherboard. You never had to do anything anymore. And for the longest time, it was argued that, you know, if you're a purist, if you want the best sound, then you still get a separate sound card. But that seems to be no longer the case. The Realtek driver chipset, which a lot of us have on our systems, is more than adequate for most people. So, yeah, the sound cards have sort of died off. At least I thought so. Yeah, well, so did I. And, and it's interesting because you said Creative Sound Blaster, and that's the name I hadn't heard for so long. And then this story pops up out of nowhere saying, hey, you know, you can get the new edition of the Sound Blaster. I think the, the particular one they were showing off was the Sound Blaster X5, which is a brand new uh, sound card. Now, it's an external sound card. So basically, it's a bit like your audio interface that you might have. I think you've got one there, Alan, haven't you? You've got the Scarlet... What one is it? yep. Right, so it's kind of similar to that, right? The idea here is uh, this is high-res, it's external, it's a dual DAC, uh, which is interesting. So it's oh. a USB sound card with fully balanced amplifier, headphone, and bi-amplifier for audiophiles. So if you love your audio uh, properly, and there's a thousand buttons on this thing as well, which makes it kind of cool. None of it will be accessible, of course. The software will probably be <laughs> completely inaccessible. Uh, you know, you'll need Ira for about three hours to be able to figure out what all the buttons do. But, you know, the great thing, it's got an LED screen as well, something else not to read. So that's good. Um <laughs> <laughs> but aside all that, you know, what it's showing is that, you know, Sound Blaster clearly are, you know, reading the market. They're saying, look, you know what? Everyone's getting into audio interfaces. Everyone's doing them. Uh, M-Audio, Rode, Scarlet or Focusrite as it was. I mean, I remember Focusrite in the days when they had audio processors for studios, uh, usually mic processors. They had valves in them. I mean, actual valves. I had one in my studio years ago, and it was a brilliant piece of kit, you know, until the thing basically melted. Yes. Um, and, you know, that was the only downside to them. <laughs> Fry eggs on it. Yeah. it. Well, yeah, exactly. But, you know, it's interesting because I was looking through the website for Sound Blaster and I found that, you know, they do lots of different... I, I don't know why I'm surprised at this, but I think it just feels a little bit old school that they've still got traditional PCIe sound cards that you can put into your computer. And I think that the only reason this is probably talked about less today is because in consumer tech, we talk a lot about laptops. We don't really think about those kind of cards anymore because the idea of a desktop PC is kind of getting a bit old-fashioned. I mean, unless you're a gamer, and that's really where a lot of this kit tends to get pushed towards. The gamers tend to have the tower PCs. Um, Mm. But that kind of computer these days, it's not as popular as it once was. So maybe that's why we don't hear as much about these you know, internal sound cards. But we hear more today about DAC. We hear more today about, of course, audio interfaces. Maybe it's just the language has changed. Maybe we just... Because essentially that's what it is, isn't it? It's an external sound card. 
It is, yes. Well, I, I, I don't know. In, in, you know. in the workplace, I think tower systems are actually still pretty much used. And I, I, like you, I am surprised to hear that Creative Labs are still pushing or are actually still making sand cars. But there is always going to be that need there. You know, people are going to want that higher quality, you know, where it's more filtered sound as well. Maybe if you're doing recording, you want to cut out some of the ground noise that sometimes these motherboard-based audio chipsets do still pick up. So there is still going to be a need there for people working in audio for maybe, you know, it's a bit like you get graphics cards built into the motherboard now, but if you want the best performance you get a separate graphics card. And I yeah. think that's still the, the case and still the same. But with the USB um, platform, the bandwidth and that, external sound cards are still, um, are actually a lot better. They can handle a lot more bandwidth and sound really good as well. So external sound cards are now, I think, actually just as good as the internal PCIe's. Takes away all the heavy lifting off the motherboard, basically. Yeah. Yeah, but that's right. Yeah. Well, that's kind of the point, isn't it? That, you know, if you want to get the best audio, the best graphics, you would go external or you would have a PCIe card in your tower PC because then, it, like you say, it takes the power away from that and it gives your, you know, your... your it's cleaner. It's, it's far yeah, cleaner. Well, it's certainly separate. cleaner. I mean, in audio terms, it's cleaner. I remember many times having audio coming out of those analog ports at the back of a PC and thinking to myself, this audio is not clean. It's horrible. And yeah. anything, any kind of electrical interference would interfere with it. Whereas you don't get that anymore with a lot of these sound cards. Although we've had a few issues with Alan's today, so maybe, <laughs> maybe that's not entirely true. I don't the know. The irony of it. <laughs> well, I think that's a USB problem, to be perfectly honest. Yeah. yeah. So what, what kit have you got there? Because I'm always fascinated by this. I mean, it's like, so I was away in Vienna last week, and of course I had the MacBook with me, and I was doing some editing back in the hotel, and I was reminded because uh, I generally use the, the MacBook in a clamshell connected to a, a studio display, so it isn't, I never really get the chance to hear the audio from it. And I was reminded how amazing the speakers are inside that MacBook. And, you know, it, it does show, you know, that, that you know, oh, despite all this wonderful kit that's out there, all these ex external bits of kit you can buy, you know, the power inside most computers, especially Apple computers, is it, it's already there. You don't need any more than that. Well, my setup really is I've got the MacBook Pro here and I use a Scarlett 8098 interface and I've got two Kali LP6. It's quite a new company from over in LA, if you look them up. Uh, flat response for mixing, etc. And my Sennheiser headphones. And basically I'm a I'm more of a Logic Pro user than anything else. So I'm always mixing in something, whether it's jingles, adverts, that kind of thing for the radio. Uh, but the MacBook Pro is certainly the way to go from from... from the audio production side of things. Yeah, but you're not using the speakers in the Pro, are you? Uh, no, I hardly ever use the speakers in the Pro, to be honest. Oh, you're missing out, man. You're missing out. Oh, they, they are better compared to the old ones, that's for sure, because my original MacBook Pro from ooh, 2011, it must have been now. Oh, been, God, yes. I've yeah. still got it. The, the, <laughs> the comparison, and bear in mind how much thinner they are, the actual MacBooks themselves, the sound quality is way better. And not the case for PCs, Sean. Unfortunately, PC laptops, you've got the Lenovo there. You've also got a gaming rig PC as well, haven't you? And, and yeah, you know, I've had the sound off those as well, and it's wasp and a jar stuff. Yeah, it, it, it's still terrible. Um, absolutely. I think the expectation is that you are going to, you know, output to somewhere else to external speakers or headphones. But, or headphones. Yeah, absolutely. But I, I think it is. It's interesting, though. I mean, we're working, you could say professionally, Stephen. In, <laughs> some of us would say. <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever said that. No, no. In, in audio, right? But how, how much actual, you know, standalone or separates do we actually use? I mean, right now I'm just using a USB mic plugged into a laptop and I'm not using any external audio interfaces whatsoever. Uh, the, the quality of the stuff that's built in has improved so much that a lot of these separates do feel you know, that you don't need them unless you need them for a specific use case, maybe there, like with what Alan's doing. I am totally with you on this because I think that's the thing that's changed. You know, I think this is where we round this up because honestly, coming right back to the beginning again, we're talking about, you know, the, the HomePods and we talk about the Sonos. What we're really talking about here is a consolidation of so many different types of technology into one thing. Yeah. And it's actually made a tech show quite difficult to do because there's there's not as much out there tech-wise as there used to be, unless you really <laughs> dig into individual categories. I mean, like we say, there are always going to be shops. I could go I could go to a store that sells separates and turntables and amplifiers and CD decks and, you know, all kinds of fancy stuff. 
But, you know, that's not for the average consumer these days. The average consumer wants simplicity, but they want good quality. And you can get that in a lot of today's speakers. And you don't have to buy HomePods for that. You could buy an Echo Dot, you know, in a sale on Amazon at you know, Christmas time, and you'll get a fantastic piece of kit. And if you buy two of them, well, you double the experience, right? Because you get that yeah. stereo pairing. Yep. So, you know, the, the simplicity is there. It's just, I think what's happening is we're seeing on the consumer sites a real push towards gaming. And that's the bottom line. You know, that's where all the, the kind of prosumer stuff is going on the consumer side, which is interesting. So, you know, I, I think that is, that's kind of cool. And, you know, that's another thing I saw on the Creative Labs website was headphones as well. They're all doing headphones now. Everyone's doing headphones. And well, there's an why. argument. It's an argument that it gives you the edge. I mean, there's a lot of competitive gaming out there now, you know, and if you can hear yeah. the footsteps of someone coming <laughs> behind you or whatever in a, in a shooter game, there is that argument that it gives you that edge. And I see that's pushed a lot. And plus, there's all these new technologies that maybe these um, inbuilt chipsets don't have, you know, such as a DTS or, or whatever it may be, Atmos, that these external ones can add. So there is that part of it as well, if you're a movie watcher. Yeah, I mean, we'll come back to this because it's a topic that always interests me in, in terms of where we're going. But, you know, it is interesting to see that all of this tech is kind of being consolidated. And we've seen this since the launch of the iPhone. I don't know if anyone remembers this. There was a video once where they had like a, a whole pile of tech on a desk. And then they had someone holding up an iPhone. And then each piece of tech would slowly disappear and it would become an app on the iPhone, and it kind of showed <laughs> how essentially the iPhone had gobbled up all this technology, you know, from like a diary or a calendar or, you know, whatever it was, you know, just, just kind of stuff that was lying around would suddenly become an app. And that's kind of where it's going. And that's working for people. But actually, that's also beneficial to those people who want to get into the world of podcasting or doing radio. I mean, Alan, you're doing local radio and yep. a lot of that stuff you're doing at home. And yes, you've got all that fancy gear there, but, you know, like Sean, I mean, we're doing this on a shoestring over here, and you know, literally, uh, or a hamstring, actually, in Sean's case, a broken Steady. one. Um, and you know, it's you know, he's literally got a USB mic plugged into a laptop whilst he sits in his bed. I mean, you know, this couldn't be any more amateur if we tried. Yes, and it shows. <laughs> Hopefully, it doesn't. Now, that's kind of the point. Well, exactly. That is the point. Uh, Alan, thanks so much for coming back on. So tell people, if you're in the Oban area of Scotland, uh, how can they listen to you? I mean, this is a bit niche, but, you know, if people want <laughs> to tune in to you on your radio, how does that work? Well, you can, if you're in the Oban area, it's 103.3 FM. And even better yet, you can go to obanfm.scot on the internet and there's even a listen again function. Yes, indeed. Oban has got listen again. We've, and, 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 and electricity to run it as well? Well, wow. we've just, Steve, we've just got indoor plumbing up here. Oh, we've been well excited. Done, well Come done, on, so. You're an inspiration <laughs> in Scotland, really are. Alan, thank you so much for coming on. It's been really interesting to chat with you. Thanks, guys. Always good to chat. Thanks, Alan. Keep your feedback coming. Feedback at doubletaponair.com. You can call us on one eight seven seven eight zero three four five six seven, and we'll catch you guys tomorrow. Thank you, Sean. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> Love Double Tap? Did you know we're on the TV too? Check out brand new episodes of Double Tap TV on AMI-tv every Tuesday at 8 p.m. Eastern. Or binge on all episodes online at ami.ca forward slash Double Tap. We're also on YouTube. Search for Double Tap to catch our episodes there too. Hi, I'm Red Sale, inviting you to download the latest episode of My Life in Books, where internationally acclaimed authors discuss their lives, their work, and three books that have resonated with them. That's My Life in Books, available wherever you get your AMI podcasts. <laughs>